Today on Locked On Canadians, the season is over, so we have one season-long three-up, three-down. Plus, we're going to talk about the things we learned at the end of season media availability. All that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 824 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I am by myself today Scott Matla has the night off, but I'm going to be doing the season ending three up, three down by myself as it is Monday. We didn't want to skip on our regular content, but the first thing that I'm going to do is talk a little bit about some of the things that we learned from the locker cleanout day and the end of season media availabilities and things like that. Um, I guess right off the top, I should mention that the Laval Rocket uh, ended up making the playoffs. So their first round or their first game is on Wednesday in Laval. It's against the Comets. Uh, we do not love the Comets. In fact, we don't really love any of the AHL teams, uh, to be honest. Uh, they can all, um, I can't say that. I can't, I can't say that on the podcast, but either way, we're rooting for Laval. It's a best of three, um, and we're really, really hoping that they can pull this off because last year's playoff run was fun. There's a lot to be learned uh, in the playoffs, and honestly, like I'm just really impressed with Laval because there were so many ups and downs over the course of the season. The fact that they were able to pull it together and make the playoffs on the very, very last night that they were playing to me is all the more impressive. So I want to shout that out. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game, a little bit of a preview when Scott is back on the show, because that is his baby. Uh, but in the meantime, I did want to touch on a couple of things that we learned from uh, the media availability on the last day. So this was on Friday. Also, there were a couple of quotes from, from Thursday night after the Bruins game. Uh, and I think I want to start real quick with one of the most important things is that Kent Hughes, um, said that he had not made any decisions about which players are going and which players are, are staying. I don't necessarily believe that all the way. Maybe he hasn't made final decisions, but I'm pretty sure the Montreal Canadiens have an idea of who's going and who's staying. So that, that was one. Another key thing that he said was that he had no plans currently to change his coaching staff, which was interesting uh, because I think a lot of us thought throughout the season that this coaching staff could have benefited with uh, somebody with a little bit more experience on the staff. It's, you know, it's a bunch of people who are very early in their coaching careers. I mean, Martin St. Louis was literally, this is his first coaching gig. Um, so there's a lot of stuff there uh, that to me, I thought was not necessarily surprising. Like Kent Hughes definitely seems like the kind of person who once he's got an idea, like that's, it's going to stay in his head. Um, and he's not going to deviate from that. I did also want to touch on uh, Jeff Gorton saying 
that he was not looking to leave Montreal, that he was definitely going to be back next season, and that the rumors that he was looking to leave uh, were... He basically was quite upset that he even heard of them. Like, he dismissed them outright. Uh, he says he's happy here. I think the tandem is doing pretty well, but I do think that eventually there's probably going to be a time where Jeff Gordon does move on. I just don't think that it's going to be before the, the Canadians performance starts getting better like if you're still talking about uh, basement seasons I think I think he's going to want to see the beginning of the turnaround if not all the way of the turnaround uh, so that was just the impression that I got obviously we talked about that the rumors uh, on the show a couple weeks ago because they were quite upsetting I think Jeff Gordon is a much loved figure here um, and I know there's a lot of question marks as to why the Canadians didn't tank as hard as they could have um, but to me I find that I'm okay with most of what was said. Like, I do think that um, there are going to be a lot of personnel changes in terms of the, the, the roster. So even though they said that, like, they haven't made any decisions or anything like that, like, there's definitely some, some people that aren't coming back. Um, one of the people, actually, that is probably not coming back as a player but would like to be involved with the Canadians in some capacity is Paul Byron. Uh, he's not getting the all-clear to play from his doctors, which I'm sure is extremely upsetting to him. But I do think that his presence on the team as a player development guy or an assistant coach or something like that uh, would be very beneficial to the young players uh, in Montreal. I think it's definitely something that the Canadians should absolutely explore. Uh, I personally, I think... Uh, like, I think I love him as a personality. I love him as like a leader on the team. So it's definitely worth the Canadians exploring that. Uh, Sean Monaghan played on a broken foot. Brandon Gallagher played on a broken ankle. They both expressed regrets about doing that. Uh, definitely something that they really, really need to no longer do. Um, in fact, and we are going to talk a little bit about the injuries in, in, in the three down segment. Uh, but I have to say that they were both talking about how it was their decision. You know, like the, the trainers or the, or the medical staff can say, stay off the ice, but if they want to be on the ice, they're going to play through it. They're going to push through it. They might, they might not necessarily be telling the truth about how bad their injuries are. So definitely, definitely have to uh, watch that. I don't know what the Canadians are going to do with their medical staff or their trainers or whatever, but it's definitely going to, they're definitely going to have to monitor these players a lot better and kind of not allow them to, to work against their own interests. Um, so that was, that was another thing that was big. Kirby doc has a concussion. Uh, that was kind of upsetting. Obviously I, I don't think it was too unexpected. Um, and then there are a couple of things where uh, like positive things that I wanted to, to really highlight one, Nick Suzuki is planning to stay in Montreal. Uh, he's a little bit banged up, so he's not going to the world, but he wants to rest up. He obviously we talked about how he's been playing even even though he's a little bit banged up. He's he wants that Ironman record uh, right there. So I do understand why he wouldn't want to do anything hockey wise in terms of he's going to rest and then do his offseason training. But he's going to spend it in Montreal, which I really love. He's definitely embraced the role of captain. He said that he could probably have done a better job, but he learned a lot. I think he did really great for his first year, particularly considering how young he is and just like the weight of this market on his shoulders. And finally, Cole Caulfield healing uh, as expected. And he expects to be able to take advantage of the full off season to get into playing shape for next year. So that to me was, uh, you know, it was quite positive. If there's anything that I missed that you want us to touch on, uh, please let us know in the comments or you can um, uh, 
post that on Twitter. LO underscore Canadians is our uh, podcast account. You can also see uh, if you're watching on YouTube, my my screen name, The Active Stick. So you can like re- hit out, uh, reach out to me on Twitter uh, on, uh, you know, if you want me to touch on anything else. In the meantime, before I move on to our next segment, I do want to say that we have a lot of prospect talk um, coming up in the next couple of weeks, particularly about the draft. Like we're going to focus really heavily on the draft as we lead up to it. Um, And then we'll we'll obviously do some Canadians prospect talk as well, just see how they're doing, how their seasons went, uh, what we can expect from them. But today's episode, the next couple of segments, is going to be the three up and three down as always as we do every Monday but first this episode is brought to you by a product that I literally use every day AG1 by Athletic Greens maybe you're like me and you want to be healthy and you want to eat well but it's always easier said than done that's no longer the case with AG1 with one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It supports all the things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach if you're taking all kinds of pills every day. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health just like I'm doing and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so it's the three up, three down. It feels weird doing this without Scott because I feel like usually we do we do tend to do our our regular segments together. Uh, but I want to talk about the three down a little bit. Um, I think one of the first things is that I do feel that the injuries were not overblown. There's definitely something up with that. Even the players kind of hinted at it, right? Brendan Gallagher didn't want to blame the trainers. Um, the, you know, the GM um, and, and Jeff Gordon both said it's worth looking at, examining. They like they, they had, you know, it's something that they're looking into. Uh, Cole Caulfield said, you know, anytime you're sitting up in the rafters with everybody else, with half the team, you know, something's up. So I think that that's going to be one of the biggest things for the offseason homework for the organization as a whole. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's the medical staff and their decisions themselves. I'm thinking sometimes it's, you know, the fact that they rely too much on the players uh, and do what the players want and give them the all clear when the players aren't ready. Like I think the the medical staff um, and the organization as a whole, as a whole and the coaching staff, they have a responsibility to tell you to stay off the ice if you're not ready to be on the ice. And that's, one of the biggest things. I think conditioning is a big one as well. I really, really do think that there's a lot of stuff that can be prevented with good 
conditioning, particularly as most of these players are not that old, right? Like it's not like, you know, there's some of them, right? They're, they're veterans. They've played uh, a physical game for a very long time. Somebody like Brendan Gallagher, like always throwing the body. He's not, he's not that young, but then you've got all the young players that are dealing with kind of injury issues as well. So there's definitely something going on in the organization as a whole. And I really would want them to examine that whether it's like preparedness for the season, whether it's during the season, the trainers, whether it's the medical staff and the decision-making, I definitely would want them to organize, sorry, examine uh, what's going on there a little bit better. So that to me was one of the downs of the season. Um, And then the other down is I personally feel, and this is just my opinion, you can share it or not, I think that Slavkovsky was mishandled for his first season. I understand that he's a first overall pick, but he should have spent considerable time in Laval. Um, And they should have just, you know, like, I don't think that he would have played too badly because if they were going to play him on the NHL level, at the NHL level, they should have played him more. Like those eight minutes a night, it was, it was coddling basically. And he didn't get enough minutes to get enough experience in my opinion. Uh, Also, he has to learn to keep his head up and there's just, there's just something about that. Like he was getting used to the ice, you know, he's getting used to just like a mediocre team in a mediocre season. He's, he's used to shining in big moments, all of that. Like for all of those reasons, like I feel like he should have been in Laval. He would have been the guy in Laval. They wouldn't have had that really discouraging start um, all those fits and spurts because they had a lot of entries as well. Um, and they had they had some disappointing stretches, right? I think that that would have been really important. He would have played so many more minutes a night. Um, he wouldn't have been getting hit in the head by a bunch of NHLers. Uh, and I just, I feel like he just didn't pay, pay enough minutes. And then he ended up getting injured anyway. And like his season ended prematurely. I just, I, like you might disagree Honestly, like maybe he was too good for Laval. Maybe he is too talented. Maybe it's just the idea of like playing your first overall pick um, in, in, in the AHL. Something was, I don't know. I just, I just disagreed with the way they handled it. Like if he wasn't going to play more minutes, what was the point of him being in the NHL anyway? It's not like the team was successful and he was learning to win there. Like that, that was a big thing as well. Like at least in Laval, like there was the mentality of trying to win, clawing your way into the playoffs the way that they did. I think, you know, I think, I think you would have learned more there. That's just, again, that's just how I feel. Like, I feel like I'm not super encouraged by the first year of how they handled Slavkovsky. If this is the person that they put all their eggs into this basket, this is the guy that they feel will be the guy in the future that's like leading them um, you know, to Stanley Cup success, I, I don't, this is not how I would have handled his first year. He was still really young, you know, like he didn't need to be in the NHL, like, or leave him in Europe. Maybe he didn't have that much to learn in Europe, but I just, I found that like, if they were going to play him in the NHL because they want him to get NHL experience, they should have played him enough to get NHL experience. He hasn't even learned to keep his head up. Like that, like, I just, I find that that has been mishandled. So those are like two of my downs. The other down um, is kind of, honestly, it's not really anyone's fault at this point. It's just kind of like the circumstances are the way that they are, is that I still don't think that after one year uh, of play at the beginning of this season, I would have told you that I don't know what this team's defensive identity is. 
And it's the end of the season. 82 games have been played. I still don't know what this team's defensive identity is. Part of it is due to injury. Part of it is due to lack of personnel. Part of it is due to like the people who are supposed to be the future of this team weren't ready at the beginning of the season, uh, aren't ready yet, all of that. Like I totally get all of that. So it's not really anybody's fault, but I would like to be able to look at this team and I would like to be able to say this is their defensive identity. This is how they play defense. It's mobile. It's dynamic. It's, you know, zone exits. It's whatever it is, whatever it is. It's an offensive, defensive, whatever it is. I just don't know what they're like. There were a lot of blocked shots. Great. But doesn't say anything to me. Like that doesn't really say anything to me. So I'm really hoping that with fewer injuries, with a little bit more consistency, with a little bit more players being ready to make the NHL team next year, we'll be able to consider the Canadians at least having a defensive identity. Even if they're not executing it really well, I think just the idea of it being existing, I think is is a big one uh, for me. So that was it for the like overall three down. I know there's a lot of problems in this season, uh, but I really just wanted to focus on three main things that I thought could have gone a lot better. Like there were so many things where like you could pick on like the way they played in one game against a certain team or the way certain things went or like, you know, in-game decisions by Martin St. Louis or like his, like whether he was slow to adjust or his adjustments weren't good enough, all of that stuff. You can pick on individual things, but I think the overall theme was injuries. Like what are they doing with Slavkovsky? And like, what is the defensive identity of this team? Like I look at the team and has a lot of forwards. You can plug and play. There's a lot of guys that aren't going to be here next year simply because they have too many forwards. Um, and they're just going to have to like make the right decisions as to who sticks around and who for how long. But in terms of defensive identity, I don't even know how they play defense. Like, I don't know what, what, what they're trying to build on the back end that they want these new players, whether they're veterans or the prospects that make the team like fit into, I just, I don't get it. So that's something that I would want to see next year. And we've done the three down. We will now do uh, the three up the good things that happened, three things, at least three things that we're happy about that took place in this abysmal season. That's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. All right, it is time for the three up. Uh, I'm going to be quick with this one. We're running out of time. Uh, I think the first thing that I definitely, definitely want to highlight is Kirby Duck. I think that he was a pleasant surprise. I know that there were people that, that saw the promise that he showed, and I'm in full agreement with all of them. And I think at the time he was kind of an unknown quantity for most of us. Like I, I will admit, you can go back and, and, and um, listen to the shows. Like I had a lot of hope, but I didn't have a lot of faith, right? I didn't know what he was going to bring. I didn't know, you know, the injury uh, that he sustained, the wrist injury, like how he was handled in Chicago, all of that. Like he was very, very unknown. And I think like as time went on and he, he showed that he was really good, um, not only as a center, but also as a winger. He's pretty versatile. Like he's incredibly intelligent on the ice. Like he's able to create space uh, really well. We like his decision-making. Um, there's definitely obviously finer parts of his game that he's still working on. You got to remember that he's still a pretty young player. Uh, and the fact that he showed all that promise, like I'm not too happy about the injury situation, uh, but obviously that's not his fault. 
Uh, but I just, I found him to be a revelation for like many points of the season, like throughout many points of the season. Um, I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. It gave me a lot of reason to be happy that this, like, I mean, the trade looked better and better as time went on, right? Like as, as you realize that he's still very early in his career and the potential that he's showing and the progress that he's showing year over year, uh, like that to me, like Kirby Doc is definitely one of the highlights. It's one of the ups. Uh, I think I have to kind of put the the next up as a whole a little bit because I can't individually like you look at the progress uh, that certain prospects have made. Uh, I want to talk about Sean Farrell. Uh, definitely something where uh, we you know we did kind of over time expect uh, good things from him. But this season, he really showed uh, that he's a blue chip prospect. And hopefully his career with the Montreal Canadiens will be long and successful. Our small goals boy 2.0. Uh, you know, Lane Hudson was another one. Lane Hudson, I think, was somebody that we were all, we, like, we all had high hopes for. Uh, just based on, like, the high risk, high reward. Like, everybody was hoping for the reward. And then he delivered and more. So to me, I think, you know, the fact that he's so dynamic and smart, obviously he's got a lot to prove still. Uh, it's the NCAA. Uh, and he's going to have to be able to play with nhl size players in the NHL. So that's definitely something. But he was somebody that I really wanted to highlight in terms of making progress. Like, that was uh, so good and so exciting for us. I also want to talk about Logan Mayu. Um, definitely he was somebody that because of everything that happened, he didn't have a lot of games and there was a lot of, um, there are a lot of expectations of him and whether they were fair or not, like I did not expect him to have such a great uh, season, to be honest. I didn't think that he made, he, I don't think that he makes good decisions on the ice, but he seems to be getting better and better. Like this really, you can consider it a breakout season for him. Oh, and Beck, uh, Owen Beck was another one uh, that uh, we're keeping an eye on that we're really excited about, like that that shows NHL promise. Like there's so many prospects I thought where, you know, like we would, if, if the Canadians were having a bad week, we could talk about the prospects and still remain excited about this team. Uh, so that was another up for the season. Um, and finally, I want to talk about Cole Caulfield because even though his season was cut short by shoulder injury, I just wanted to, you know, he still brought joy. The games that he played, he still brought joy. He was on pace for ridiculous. I think it was 44 goals for the season before he got injured. Like four, it was 40, definitely in the 40 range. Um, and the fact that like, he's just building on his own success. Like, I think that you can say that that stretch of time where he, you know, he went, I think he scored one goal, in 30-something NHL games, whatever. That first half of the season last year under Dominique Ducharme, I think you can say that that was a blip because there's no reason to believe that he's not going to be able to score. Um, you know, like, just look at the rest of his NHL career. Look at his NCAA career. Just look at the way that he plays. I think that if he is able to come back and have a full off-season rehab slash, you know, conditioning slash training slash whatever – uh, I think he's going to come back better than ever. He wants to play with Nick Suzuki. I love that dynamic. I love their friendship. I love their broness. I love whatever. But even if he doesn't play with Nick Suzuki, even if they find someone better for him to play with, a better center for him, which you don't know. We don't know who's going to be what next year or the year after or the year after. I just, I find that like Cole Caulfield is definitely a bright spot no matter what. Like 
I was trying to focus away from, I didn't like the way they handled Slavkovsky or, you know, lots of guys like Caden Gooley. Oh my God. I, I can't, I didn't even touch on Caden Gooley, like huge, huge up for the season, obviously, other than the injury part, you know, it would be too easy to say like the Canadians mishandled him or his injury or whatever. Like I thought before he got injured, he was showing so much promise, definitely like a, a bright spot. So guys like Caden Gooley and Cole Caulfield that Canadians fans were excited about and often get made fun of because of our excitement about them. You know, the players are showing that it's worth it. They're worth this excitement. They're worth, they're worth us having a little bit of faith for the future. Anyway, I've been talking now for 25 minutes. Uh, I definitely miss my co-host. I have no idea how he did this without me for a month and a half. Uh, but I am back. My computer's working. I'm back in Montreal. My computer's working. So you'll definitely see me uh, pretty much every every episode from now on for the next little while. I don't expect to miss very many uh, going forward. But I do promise you that we have lots of prospect talk. We have draft talk coming up this week. We're also going to talk a little bit more Canadians related stuff, like who goes, who stays off season to do list, that kind of stuff. Anything we learn. Uh, we'll talk about any lessons we learned from the playoffs. I know the Canadians aren't in the playoffs, but you know, we're definitely got a lot of uh, teams to root against. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so we'll, we'll continue on that train, but we've definitely got a lot of draft stuff in the next few weeks uh, slash months. The draft is, is, is quite a while away. Uh, we're still in the middle of April, but we are still going to be with you five days a week until after free agency. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You'll find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find my co-host on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. Uh, you'll also be able to email us if you have any mailback questions or any topic ideas. We're at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave comments in the YouTube. If you want it to be a mailback question, you can put mailback question at the beginning of your comments. So we'll bring it up in the mailbag. Or if it's a topic suggestion, you could put topic suggestion and we'll talk about it. Because uh, sometimes I know you just want to talk to each other and generate some discussion and have uh, just share your opinions. And sometimes you really want us to bring it up on the show. So just make sure that you signify which one it is. Uh, in the meantime, we are available literally everywhere you get your podcast we're free um also on youtube don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe don't forget to tell your friends and don't forget to check back because i will see you tomorrow